and spiritually he's here. So no longer it's just one man with the spirit just going around the earth. Now it's, he's been multiplied. He's oh, multiplied yeah. even as we speak. Thousands upon thousands are giving their heart to Jesus. So we've learned about that and we're looking into the book of Acts. We're looking into the epistles and we're looking at what is, what is this life really about? For those of you that recently have given your heart to Jesus, you might have felt something different and you're thinking, yeah, something's changed. It's because you've become alive to God and you've been welcomed into a family. It's not just about, oh, you're being born again and you're going to start coming to church now. Your eternal destination has changed. And that's what we have to remember as Christians. We are not just um, pulling people out of the world so they can come into our churches. Coming to our churches to do what? <laughs> coming to our churches to know that they are part of a family. This world is in need of family. The enemy has eroded the family. Properties, when properties are being built, there is more two bedroom properties being built all over the place because of the broken families and, the, uh, and, and, and fathers that need one bedroom for when they have their children every other weekend. That's what's become of society. But we have the answer for society. But we need to realise that we must not be a people that just contains the anointing and become obesely blessed, obesely spiritual. God has given us blessing so that we can be a blessing. Do you agree? Yes. Can everyone just put your hand on your heart? And if you agree with this, you can say after me, I'm going to say a prayer for you to be open to what the Spirit of God wants to do in you today. Say, Father God, Father God. I'm open to your spirit. To whatever you've got for me today, I want to receive. I want to be different and I want to be everything that you sent me here to be. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So today, can I invite Jimmy up? No, not Jimmy. Tommy. Tommy. Can I invite Tommy up? Tommy's just going to do a little demonstration. Can everyone see this table? If you can't, just stand up and look at this table for a minute. Just want to um, show you an illustration. So pick up your two cups. So for those that are listening, there's three cups on the table. There's two in the hands of Tumi. One cup represents you. One cup represents God, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so we've got two cups. They've got water in. Now, Jumi, can you do your demonstration? Can you all see this, what Jumi's going to do? Oh, sorry, sorry, excuse me. Tumi, do your stuff, apologies. <laughs> So Tumi is going to pour this water into these two cups. And as she does that, I'm just going to read a few scriptures. Can you everybody see that? Yeah. yeah? Quite simple. So I'm just going to read um, a few scriptures so that we, we understand what God is talking about here. In John 3, Jesus um, was speaking about being born again. So Jesus is the one that come up with being born again. It's not just a, um, a Christian slogan. Yeah. It's something that the master, the man said, yeah? You must be born again. In order to be born again, you have a, you have a, um, a natural birth, you're born of flesh, and then you need a spiritual birth. That which is flesh is flesh, that which is spirit is spirit. That's what it says in John, um, in John 3, 6. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17. But he, anyone who is joined to the Lord, becomes one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. For by one spirit, we were all baptised into one body, whether Jew, Greek, slave, free. We have all been made to drink of one spirit. John 17, this is the prayer that Jesus prayed when he was on the earth. 
My prayer, so he's talking to the Father. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That would be us. That all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they, meaning us, also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me, Lord. I have given them the glory that you gave me. How, what, what is that glory? It's himself, by his spirit, is in us. We carry the glory of God. Just like when Mary was pregnant for Jesus, with Jesus, she was pregnant with glory. You are pregnant, many of you, with glory. You've got the glory of God in you, and it is going to need you to express it to the world in power and in authority. Um, verse 23, I am in them and you are in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity, that the world may know that you sent me and have loved me, and I've loved them even as you have loved me. So those scriptures demonstrate that he who's joined to the Lord, if you get born again, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, you're one spirit with him. Yeah, did we not just see that in demonstration? There was two cups, one represented us, one represented the Holy Spirit. Now, to me, could you take from that cup and put the exact amount that was in there, and I don't want it to mix, I want you to take from that cup the water that was in there and the water that was in there. Can you put it back? Do you know how to do that? It's a sticky one still. Sticky one. Anyone else know how to do that? No, serious. can anyone else get up here and do that? Can anyone else take this water and I don't want you to, I wanted you to unmingle it and I want you to put in this cup the water that was there and in this cup. Can anyone do that? No? Thank you to me. Thank you. Okay. What, what I'm demonstrating there is, is that we need to walk in the reality that we're one with God. The living God is in us. We are one. We cannot undo that. We cannot get out of God. We cannot get God out of us. He said, I will be with you always, 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 because he's one with us. So we need to live more like that, the reality of that. That's not, even, that's not my message. That was just the beginning of the message so that I can get the point across on behalf of the Holy Spirit. We need to be telling people who we are. We need to be telling people without shame, without fear, that we are children of the Most High God. We need to do that. How many people here have had someone come up to them and say, oh, I'm, a, I'm a spiritualist, or I want to read your palm? Are they ashamed of what they're doing? And they want money for it. Is there any shaming when they do that? No, no serious. Is, do they, is there any shame? They're not ashamed of that. But we as Christians, I was like, um, I can't tell them in work I'm a Christian. I just can't. I just don't know what they'll think of me. I, I just can't manage it. I, you know, you, you, you feel God, you sense God saying to you, just talk to that person on the bus, talk to that person over there. And you feel, I, I just can't, I just, you know, we need to bind that spirit of fear and release the spirit of faith because people are in need of what we carry. People are in need of what we carry as the body of Christ. So Christ is in us. So we saw how Christ done life with the disciples. They weren't born again, he said, okay, Things are going to change. I'm going to give you some power and you're going to be able to live this Christian life with power. So Terry, don't just go ahead and do things. Wait on me. Sometimes we've got to do that in situations that we're facing. We've got to wait on the Lord. We've got to wait on him. And we've got to say, okay, God, what are you saying about that? So that he can release the power over that situation to change that situation. So now we see all through the book of Acts. These men turned the world upside down. The men and women that had the spirit in them, they turned the world upside down. It was never the same again, to the extent that that's why we are believers today. 
We must be people that know that that's what we carry within us. The power to turn someone's world upside down for the good. We can only influence those that God has given us influence around, around us, those people. God has to open people's hearts to us. The people that you are around, that sphere of influence that God has given you, it comes from God. That's why there's so many churches. That's why there's so many people preaching the gospel. Because not everybody can receive from certain people. But the ones you can receive from, God will send them people to you. Me and my husband, we pray every day over all of you. And we pray over the people that God's bringing. And we say, Lord, you bring the ones that you want to come here so we can feed them, nourish them, nourish them and do what you want us to do, Lord. The ones that we cannot, send them to the places where they're going nour- to be nourished and they're going to thrive for the kingdom, for his glory. But know that you are in the right place at the right time when you're hearing from God. Some sow, some reap, some water, but it's only God that can give the increase. We are here as his ambassadors. Whatever we, we do, do to the fullest. Don't look at someone else and say, okay, look what's, you know, the grass is green on the other side, the lie. Live fully in your life. Live fully with the people around you, in your family. Love those that are in your immediate family. Don't want some great big ministry and you can't even stand the people around you. You're you're hostile to them, aggressive, not wanting to be compassionate, not wanting to give life. But you want to go out and minister. It shouldn't be so. It's supposed to be God first. Then if you are married, your husband and your wife next. Not your kids. Some people put God first. Oh no, some people, that is God. Their kids are the God or money is the God. But let's say that you've got it in the order of, okay, God first, then my kids. No. Okay, God first, then my grandkids. No. You say that to people in the world. They're like, what are you talking about? My kids come first. Don't they? That's what they say. But we must be in alignment with the spirit, yeah? We must be in alignment with the spirit of the living God. God comes first in everything. If God has given you that honour and privilege of being married, you put that person before anyone else. Because I tell you something, someone else would be happy to have that person that you're moaning about, criticising every minute. Someone else who is lonely and calling out to God for a husband, they would be happy to have that person. But we take advantage of the people around us and not realising with our mouths can do a lot of damage. Love what God has given you. There's a scripture in Hebrew that says, be content with what you have. Because why? Because he has said, he'll never leave you, never forsake you. To me, that's always meant that no matter what I face, no matter what I go through, the fact that I know you, the fact that I can say that I've got a living relationship with the living God, I can go through anything in this earth. I can go through it. And you know our story. We've been through a bit. And it hasn't changed, yeah, it has changed my relationship with God. It's made it more intense. It's made me pursue him more with all my life, with all my heart. That's what it's made me do. Because when all is said and done, we're going to be out of here. And even if the rapture don't come in the next whatever, sooner or later, we are going to face our maker. Even if we live till we're 80, we're going to be before him. We're going to give account for our lives. And I tell you it, and I'm going to keep telling you, don't go back to the Lord full of all what he gave you. Go back empty. Go back empty and say, I gave everything that you gave me, Lord. I gave it away to the world. I gave it away to the people that needed it. I used what you gave me, Lord, for your glory. So you could multiply it. God's not really so much into addition. He loves multiplication. The five loaves and the fish, it just multiplies. When you give him your five loaves and your fish, whatever you can give him, 
You take it and God will multiply it for his glory. Sometimes when um, I'm preparing for, for messages, and those of you that prepare for messages will understand this, you do notes and you think, what was the point? I haven't said anything on my notes, Lord, by the time you get to the end of it. But even in that, God allows that to happen so that he can have time with you. He can spend time with you looking up all the different things. And he knows you're not even going to use it, but it's like, but he had you for that moment. He had you for that second. And he is a lover. And when you are in love with someone, you want to be around them. You want to be around them. You want to do what pleases them. And God absolutely loves us. God wants your life changed. He doesn't want it to stay the same. He doesn't want you to stay in misery. He doesn't want you to stay in contention. He can bring freedom in your life, no matter where you live, no matter what you're facing, no matter who you are. You're not sitting here by accident. You're not listening to these words by accident. God is a master planner. God has a master plan. And he wants us to just co-labor with that. Yeah, together. We're not on our own people. We are with God. Hallelujah. Oh, wow. So I looked up how many words are in the Bible. Yeah, there's 700... And 83,000 words, uh, 137. 783,137 words in the Bible. That's a lot of words, isn't it? That's a lot of words, isn't it? 783,000. Why am I saying that? Because this week, God, God in his mercy and his love, as he's been talking to me about today and what he wanted to release and what he wanted to bring, I just was enwrapped in it. I was thinking, what, what is it that you want to bring to your people? And I heard that, I heard that worship song, Spirit Break Out. So um, I text um, Richard and I said, can you, can you put that on the, song, on the song list? Spirit Break Out. And um, I, was, I think I was ironing and I could just listen to it, thinking Spirit Break Out. And I was worshiping Spirit Break Out. And the Lord said, wow, what does that mean? And I was like, what do you mean, what does it mean? Spirit break out. I was like, spirit break out. And he said, yeah, but what does it mean? Do my people know what that means? They're crying out for my spirit to break out. But a lot of you, including me, you, you, do, you don't really know that, what that means. So then we went on a journey, me and the Holy Spirit, we went on a journey. So then he said to me, okay, Jesus said the words that he spoke are spirit and they are life. So I said, yes, Lord, I know that. And he said, well, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? The words that, that he speaks are spirit and life. And um, I was like, spirit, and this is what I started doing. I was saying, spirit, okay, is it something that's wafting, something that's see-through, something that, what is this spirit and life that Jesus is talking about? And I thought, what's the reality? If someone asked me that, I should be able to explain to them, Jesus said the words that he speaks are spirit and life. And I had a kind of understanding, but I was like, all right then. So we delved into the scriptures, you know, the Hebrew and the Greek. And I looked up the words, spirit and life. Um, from, from that passage that um, Jesus spoke. And the word spirit is pneuma in the, in the Greek, yeah? It's the word pneuma. And I, um, I wrote it down and I just kept looking at it. I was thinking, that's a lovely word. Pneuma, pneuma. What a beautiful word. And I looked in some of the um, definitions and, and pneuma means the creative life force of a spirit, of a soul. So when Jesus was speaking, he said, the words I speak, they are creative forces. They create and they are life, Zoe, the Zoe life of God. So Jesus said, the words I speak are spirit and are life. And I said, wow, Lord, that's, that's just amazing. And he said, yeah, it is amazing because my spirit is in you and all my people. And they seem to forget that when they use their mouths, they are creating something. 
And I'm not talking about the name it and claim it and that, you know, just say this and this will happen. When you take time in your situations, in your prayer time, to find out what God is saying, and then you say it, you are releasing creative life force over that situation. You are releasing from your mouth the creative life that is within you because the Spirit of God dwells in you. What does that mean? You think, well, well yeah, well, how does that help me? That means you should watch what you say. We've spoke about words before, haven't we? But this is what the Lord was saying to me concerning spirit breaking out. My people need to release my spirit that is within them. We've got our human spirit and Holy Spirit, that's where he lives. He lives in our human spirit. That means, some of you might not understand that, that means, who's been to a funeral here? Almost everybody, yeah? For, for some um, cultures, you have the casket open and you see, you see the body. So the body is there, but the spirit has left. So that, that's, that's, that's a shell. Just like sometimes when um, you, like it's raining today, someone might leave, now the sun came out, you might leave your coat here. Yeah, because it was something that covered you. Our flesh covers us while we're on the earth. Just like if you go to space, you need an astronaut suit to be in that environment. On earth, we need a physical body to live, but we are spirit. We are spirit beings. And that doesn't mean, again, as I said, see-through and wafty. That means we are just as real without skin. That's, a, that's an easy way to put it, yeah? We are just as real without skin as we are with skin. This is what we need while we're on the earth. It's decaying, it's fading away, and sooner or later, we're going to be out of here. And the real us, we will go to our appointed destination. We will live forever. Every single human that you see, that you know, will live forever. We will live forever somewhere. And you decide where that somewhere is going to be. You decide, are you going to have an eternity in hell? Yeah, hell, that's what I said. Hell is a real place. Hell is a place of fire, of torment, of pain. And that is where people are going that do not serve and love Jesus. But some preachers don't want to preach that. People are going to hell as we speak. Or you can receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour and you will spend eternity with him. And I'll just say that heaven, heaven is not our destination. Ooh, a bit of heresy. <laughs> heaven is a place, yeah. Heaven is a place that we will go to for a while but when it's all wrapped up we will live again on the earth we will live as real people with real families doing whatever God wants us to do with all our lives with all our heart we will live forever so we need to understand people what we carry within us what we carry within our spirits what we say over ourselves what we say over our children what we say over our workplace our colleagues what we say over those people we don't like we have effect we have creative power. I want to read some scriptures um, about words. Mark 8, verse 33. Now this one, um, it really, really um, stood out to me. Mark 8, 33. So this is uh, the account of when, um, you know, Jesus says, who, who do you lot say I am? And Peter's, you know, great. Oh, yeah, you're the son of God. And Peter's like, yeah. And Jesus says, yeah, it was not flesh and blood that's revealed that to you, you know, but my father. So Peter's feeling good. We know the character of Peter, he's, he's bullshit, isn't he? So Peter's fe feeling good. A few, um, a few uh, scriptures later, it says in verse, um, Mark 8, verse 33, but when Jesus turned and he looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. He rebuked Peter because Peter had just said, no, no, we don't want you to go to the cross, you shouldn't die, you know? So he's rebuked Peter. And then it says, he rebukes Peter and he says, get behind me, Satan. And I read that and I think, he rebuked Peter and we naturally think, we naturally think he rebuked Peter by saying, 
to Peter, get behind me, Satan. But he's actually talking to Satan. <laughs> he says, get behind me, Satan. That's what Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And when I read it, I realised that why Jesus was so upset with that is because there was a different creative force coming out of Peter's mouth. He was using a force that was evil. He was using a force that was creating something that's evil. Words are around us everywhere, people. They are around us. When we walk into certain places, you just feel a bit eerie, don't you? Or you walk into other places full of joy. And it's because you're walking into an atmosphere that's been created before you even got there. And a lot of that is to do with words. It's to do with words because we, words create atmospheres. They create something. So God wants us to realise, listen, you need to use your words wisely. Matthew 12, 37. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. John 6, verse 68. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Brian loves that scripture. Proverbs 18, 21. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 18, 4. A person's words can be life-giving water. Words of true wisdom are as refreshing as a bubbly brook. Proverbs 16, 24. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and health to the body. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, all scripture, all scripture is breathed. Because one of the definitions for, for Numa is breathed. The spirit breathes. When the breath of God was pronounced over this world, yeah? But when God spoke with the breath of God, life became different in this world. So all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction and for training on righteousness. Romans 10, 9. Because if you confess with your mouth, this is how we got born again. This is how we got entrance into the kingdom. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Hebrews 4:12. But the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the divider of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now, Hebrews there says that the word of God is living. That means when you speak, it's living, something's, something's alive. Our words are life. But we need to realise within us, when we want the spirit of God to break out on our circumstances, don't be praying for something external. Don't be looking for something external anymore. Within you, you have the spirit. Use the power that is within you. Use those creative false words, the pneuma of God. The words that he speaks are pneuma and they are zoe. The words that you speak can be pneuma and can be zoe, or they can be death and destruction. How many people sitting here now are not talking to somebody for 15 years because of a sentence that you heard or an argument you had with your words? It breaks relationships, words are so powerful. How many of you have had someone say, do you know what, you're right, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for what I've done to you. I'm so sorry that I did that. And instantly things break. A husband and wife, we might be arguing and you know, I just think, oh, I'm right, I'm in the right, I've got my rights, yeah? And then all of a sudden, Carly would come up and say, I'm so sorry. And healing comes instantly, doesn't it? Well, where does that come from? Where does that come from? It's something, we're talking about supernatural stuff here. We're not talking about natural stuff. We're talking about living in the body, but living supernaturally using the supernatural example of the living God and allowing our circumstances to change because of the words that God gives us. 
So, as I said, in the, in the Bible, I looked up that there's 783,137 words in the Bible. And then all this week, God has just been homing in on, the, on that, that, that um, word pneuma. Then yesterday, I received, I received this text yesterday. So I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm in the scriptures, I'm worshipping God, I'm just like really happy and I'm just like, wow, can't wait till tomorrow, Lord. Right, Tony's coming in now, everyone turn around and look at him. Hi, Tony. <laughs> right. <laughs> Love you, Tony. Love you, Tony. Every church needs Love a Tony. <laughs> so... So that's a lot of words in the Bible, isn't it? 783,137 words in the Bible. And here I am, I'm just really looking into this, this word pneuma and the life of God is in the room and I'm like, yeah, this text comes through. It's very, very, very long, so I'm not going to read it all. I'm just going to read parts of it. So this text has come through for someone in this congregation that was praying for me about today. Yeah? This is what they said to me. Hi, Kelly, I've just read this I've just read this below, so they're going to add what they've read. I've just read this below and it's brought me to tears. I've realised that the word of God, he's in crafting in you and he's inspiring you for Sunday. It's made, it's made this person cry. So this is what they read. This is some of what they read. <clears throat> so they're reading um, something by a minister or a writer named Rick Renner. And this is what Rick Renner had written. Today I want us to look at the word inspiration to see exactly what the original language conveys to you and me. The word inspiration comes from the Greek word theo-thinasos. It's a compound of two Greek words, theos and pneuma. (laughs) The word pneuma goes on to say the word pneuma carries an additional range of meanings including life force, energy and power. The Jews considered pneuma to be a powerful force put forth by God to create the universe and all living things and also the force that continues to sustain creation. The word pneuma, this is in, can you imagine what I was like? I was like, oh my God! I was like, the word pneuma can carry the idea of a fragrance. The word was breathed from God and thus carries his very essence and his fragrance within. The pneuma of God didn't create scripture and then depart from it. I just thought this is wild. The pneuma of God didn't just create scripture and depart from it. But when I read it, God was saying, I didn't just create you guys and then put my spirit in you and then just depart. Yeah, I haven't done that. I've put my pneuma in you and I'm with you, but I want you to co-labor with it. The same pneuma power that originally created and continues to sustain the universe is still inside the people of God. It's still inside God's word, upholding, empowering us to be as strong as God wants us to be in the power of the Spirit. Now, do you think that that was a coincidence? Because there is 783,137 words in the Bible, yeah? Why was that person sending me that text? You could say, because you're so spiritual and God was confirming to you. That's what most people think. But you know what? That happened because of you, every single one of you. That happened because God wants to confirm what he's saying and what he wants to bring to you. And I've told you this so many times. Don't look at preachers and think they're so anointed and I wish I could be so God raises up preachers for the people. This is all about you people. This is all about you. God wants you to grab hold of this. 
And then he led me to 1 Corinthians 14 when the Apostle Paul said, I would rather speak five words in English, five words in English, than 10,000 in tongues. And I've always like, not really understood that, but I looked in that. And it showed me a picture of God is just so interested in the body. Yeah, Paul, I believe Paul knew about the creative life force of Numa. When he spoke in tongues, when we speak in tongues in our prayer language, we create mysteries. The Bible says, yeah, how be it? We're not speaking to men, we're speaking to God and we're speaking mysteries. We are speaking the mysteries of God out, I believe, over our lives, children, circumstances. Yeah, that's what we're doing. So Paul said, I can speak 10,000 words in tongues, but I would rather put that to the side and speak five eligible words in the church. Why? Because it's about the body. God is interested in us as a body. He wants us to use our giftings. He wants us to be a body and know what we're doing. Our giftings are not for us. They are for others. I've told you this before. I don't stay at home and preach to myself. Well, no, no, I do. I do preach to myself. But, but that is a, you know, that's just because um, I just feel the power of God and I do that. I, go in the, I do, and you should do that. You should go in the mirror and you should tell yourself, I am a minister of the gospel. I have the power of God within me and I look at my eyes and once I've done that yet yeah, and it's like I got scared because I thought I saw Jesus I was like wow this is real the living God is in us I'm not joking that's what I did and that's what you should do you should look in the mirror and remind yourself who you are what you carry because then you can give away what you've got and God can set someone else's free last week I was walking out of um, New Look down at Charlton I was walking out of New Look and there was just really t- it must have been about 6'4 six, 6'5 um, security guard and I'm walking out and the Lord said I want you to go and tell him I want, to, I want you to prophesy over him because I've, I've got a word for him about his business and I'm like in my head I'm like business he's a, he's a security guard what, this, I'm just telling you how it goes because you know how it goes so we might as well be honest I was like what do you mean security you know business he's a security guard I carried on looking um, I've got these red earrings there yeah got my red earrings and then as I was walking out it just was so strong and I went up to him and said hi what's your name and he told me his name and this is what came out of my mouth I am a prophet of God I hear from God I have a message he said I have a message from God for you and he said oh I said what is your name so he told me his name a Muslim man this is a Muslim man, yeah? I started prophesying over about these, these businesses and it just was going, going, going. So God wants to bless you. And he said, oh, that is so great. And then he started telling me about his businesses. He started telling me about his businesses. It was just amazing. And then he said, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a Muslim and, you know, it's all, you know, I do believe in God. And I said to him, yeah, but I'm talking about Jesus, the son of God. Yeah, I'm, so it wasn't my time to, like, you know, getting born again or whatever. It was his time to be blessed and I said God the Jesus God that I serve yeah son of God wants to bless you and your business and I blessed him I just gave him a blessing so that pneuma that was in me it comes out into his life to bless him he could be the biggest preacher in the world next week and get born again because of that you don't know you don't know who God is sending your way you don't know those opportunities for someone to get born again and saved and set free they could get a whole nation saved they could get a whole whole university saved or they could get just their family saved or they could just become a better man a better woman they could just have a meaning in life they could just have meaning to get up every day and say life is now worth living I don't want to top myself no more I'm not going to commit suicide I can get free from drugs and that can happen because of what you carry so don't keep it to yourself people do you agree on that don't keep to yourself what God has given us we have that power to release, to bring healing, to bring fire to other people, 
to bless people in their finances, bless people in their marriage, bless people that are pregnant, physically pregnant and also pregnant with other things, calling things out of people, looking at people and say, this is what God says about you. Do you know? And then tell them, look at people and look for the gold that is in them. Doesn't matter what they look like, there is gold in everyone. Every human, every human is worth understanding. Every human that lives and walks on this earth is worth understanding. Because if the master came back, he would not be around some of the people you think he'd be around. He'd be around the people that other people look at the dregs of society. That's where he would be at home. That's where he would go. Because he came to deliver those who need a physician. There is so many people around us that need a physician. And we are physicians people. We are anointed. When you, when you need to be a prophet, be a prophet. When you need to be an apostle, be an apostle. When you need to strategize in some of your um, businesses, yeah? A lot of your, some of your teachers here, when you're doing your lesson plans, whatever you need to do, you can pull on. When you need to be an evangelist, when you need to be a pastor, when you need to be, what's the other one? Teacher. Teacher. Do it because Jesus done all of it. As he is, so are we in this world, yeah? As he is, so are we in this world, not... When we get to heaven, we don't need the gifts. We don't need them no more. They're not going to be of use. What we do now is going to go into eternity. It's the eternal things that we are need to, needing to focus on. Don't be moved by what your family think and what they're saying. Oh, she's become a Christian. He's become a Christian. Going to be a Bible basher. You know, some people just think, oh, who do you think you are, God? And I'm like, no, but I'm his daughter. And you're his son, yeah? We have the living God within us, people. We have the answer to the ages and we have the answer and the solution to so many people's lives. We can't keep it to ourselves. Those giftings that he's given us, give away. Look how little amount of time we spend in church compared to where we are in our everyday lives, with our families, in our workplaces. God loves people. God loves people. In this church, we love one another, don't we? Yeah, we do. We do love one There's a lovely family spirit here. There's some people, obviously, we rub each other up the wrong way, but that's what family does. What family hasn't got that? But know the reality that God is in you. Can everyone just stand to your feet? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Spirit of God wants to break out right now. He wants to break out, but not from somewhere external, not from somewhere in the sky, not from somewhere around you who's upstairs or somewhere you can call on and grab him somewhere. He's within you. The Holy Spirit of God is within you. He is within you. He is within you. He is within you. Put your hands on your belly. God is there. God is within you. The living God. The God of all glory. The God of hope. The God of peace. Father, I want to release upon your people the pneuma of God, Lord. The creative power that comes from you upon your people to bless them, Lord, in the areas that they need blessing. I release upon you that ability to be that man that God has called you to be, that person that he's shown you in your secret place and you've been saying, it's just too big, Lord. It's just too big. I don't know if I can do that. God wants you to step out. Step out. Step out into that realm of faith. Trust in God, not in yourself. Father God, I want to release the mothers that are here. 
a spirit upon them, Lord God, to be mothers. Some of you have got motherhood in a headlock. You're not yielding to the love of it. You're not yielding to the fullness of it. It's a struggle. It's a strain. God wants to release that from you today in the name of Jesus. And he wants to give you faith, joy and ability how to be a mother like you've never known before. Married couples. Every married couple that's here, whether you're here with your husband or wife, just if you're here with your husband and wife, hold on to them. If you're not, just by faith. I just want to release the blessing of God on married couples, Lord. On the marriages of your people, Lord. They've made covenant with each other and they've made covenant with you, Lord. That you are a covenant-keeping God. You keep covenant, Lord God. You keep covenant. You made covenant in your own blood. You ratified it in your blood. And I release the power of covenant, the power of covenant over these married couples, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, the power of covenant, the power of covenant over every single one of the people of God as we walk forward as married people, loving God with all our hearts, loving God and knowing that He is the one that is the head of our household. I want to speak to those people that are single, that want to be married. Those people that are single, that want to be married. Father God, I release an anointing upon these people that they will become the people they need to be before they meet the people that they think they should meet, Lord. That God wants you to understand. You single people that are looking for a mate, that you are looking for a help me, that you are looking for a husband, that you are looking to be joined to someone else. Make sure you're the person who needs to be cleaned up. Don't go to somebody and you're such a mess because it will just be two messes getting together. So Father, I just release upon these people that are sincerely seeking you, Lord, that you have a mate for them, that you have, Lord God, a partner for them, that you will reveal that person to them at the right time, not their time, Lord, but in your timing, in the name of Jesus. I speak to those, Lord God, that are retired here that you have new plans for them, Lord, new plans, new destinations for them to be in and go to. Open that up to them, Lord, in the realm of the Spirit, in the realm of the Spirit as they seek you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you will show them from their inner man where they're to go, what they're to do, Lord, those that are seeking employment and that are not working and those that are in jobs that they hate. Lord God, we just release your anointing on that situation. The complexity of it, we give over to you that you will sort out, Lord, by your power and also by your love and your kindness, Lord. By your kindness, Father God, you will do something great in the lives and the hearts of these people that are employment, Lord God, and cannot stand it and that have not got a job and they want a job, Lord, that we release that blessing upon them in the name of Jesus. Those that are struggling in their bodies, Father, we release Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God that healeth thee, the Lord God that heals. We release healing in the name of Jesus. We release healing in the name of Jesus upon the body of Christ. And Father, I release them into this new realm of Numa, that they will use their tongue, Lord God, to create life. They will use their tongue. So shall your word be that goes forth from their mouth. That will not return void. It will accomplish that which you please. It will prosper in the thing where you have sent it, Lord, because you are a creator and you are still creating through your body on the earth. And let your people know and understand. Let them receive this revelation, Lord. Let them carry it. Show them more things. Let them go deeper than I went, Lord God. Let them go into the depths and get the juice and get the gold from it that others may drink from their well, Lord. Father, I just release blessing on, on the people of God, in Jesus' name.
And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.